Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS with Fiona and the Members Academy. In today's podcast, I'm going to talk about a reading passage three academic. It's tough, but it's really worthwhile. I'd like to say thanks, first of all, to Hind, who shared a six-minute English called A Future Without Doctors, and it's related to this topic. And then Grace, thank you, Grace, said, oh, actually, I'm reading that from the passage three in the test book 16. So I thought this was a great opportunity to have a look at it together. It's got loads of things that we've talked about before and I'm very excited about it because so much of the language here and the structure and the question types, they're all things we've gone over before and and little by little, I hope it's all coming together for you. So let's get started. Yes, it is called, just a minute, what's it called? Okay, Attitudes Towards Artificial Intelligence. So before you read or do it yourself, um, just have a little think about your attitudes towards artificial intelligence or AI. Um, What is your feeling about it? Are you positive, negative? What experience do you have of um, AI in in any capacity? Um, What do you think people tend to feel about AI? Are they frightened of it? Do they see it as a positive thing? And you can guess then what this text is going to be about. And the more background thoughts or knowledge that you've got about a topic, the more it will help you uh, piece the text together and guess things from the context. Um, There are three different question types here. The first one is headings. We all hate listing the headings. And there are six headings and eight choices. So it's not too bad. There's just two that are not used. Um, And then we've got multiple choice. And finally, yes, no, not given. So remember, three sets of questions. The headings always come first before the text, and that means you should really read the headings first to give you a bit of an idea about what the text is about, but don't try to match them yet. Just go through them and underline um, noticeable things. Now, one noticeable thing I'd like to point out is in number six, or VI, in Roman numerals, it says widespread distrust of an AI innovation. Now, when I did the test myself, I actually missed this heading because I was trying to do it really quickly. And then I thought that word an, A-N, the article, really gives you the answer. And this is where it's all connected. If if I'm constantly talking about articles when I'm marking your writing, then you'll start to become more familiar with the purpose of articles. And this is how it can help you in, in the reading. Um, another example of that is in the heading number two, 
And it's simply this, it's reasons why we have more faith in human judgment than in AI. Reasons tells you immediately that you're looking for a list of reasons in that paragraph. And remember, a list of headings means that the heading sums up the paragraph. It's different from just finding or matching information. The headings sum up the whole paragraph. So when you see something like reasons, you're actually looking for a list. There's another one here. It's called the advantages of involving users in AI processes. So we're looking for a list of advantages. And the other thing about this list of headings, remember I always talk about the text being divided almost into two halves. They're, They're usually, in passage three, they are problem solution texts or they are theories and evidence. This one's a problem solution. You can imagine what the problem is. We've got AI, but nobody trusts it. So how can we build trust and make the most of AI? That's basically what it's about. How can attitudes change and what what will happen if if you don't change your attitude towards it? Um, So then if you look at the list of headings, we've already had uh, the advantages being positive And we've got the superiority of AI is another heading here. And the negative one is the widespread distrust. So there's a kind of positive-negative balance, which is also going to be important later on in different questions. Um, One more thing. Oh, yes, this one, sorry. Question or heading three is the superiority of AI projections over those made by humans. Now, projections we talk about in academic writing task one, when you have to predict uh, or the graph makes projections about what will happen in the future. So that word tells you that you're looking for a prediction. And there are lots of other kind of formal words, like even superiority. Think about your your word forming exercises. There's a page on my website where it it goes through all of these formal um, noun forms, which I also recommend that you use in your writing. Even in question 39 here, They're they're all noun forms and, for example, familiarity with AI has very little impact on people's attitudes. That word familiarity, you need to know the word being familiar with something. I talk a lot about that in terms of IELTS, you know, the more familiar you are with these kind of questions, then the more likely you are to be ready for them and get them right. Um, and so on. I'll go through those as we go through them. I'm going to give you a brief talk through of the text so that you get your bearings. 
So the paragraphs are labelled from A to F. As we said, paragraph A outlines um, the, the problem, that it introduces the problem. So it says how great AI is. Um, police are using it, doctors are using it um, to make predictions. Um, they are accurate predictions, better than humans. However, here's the but, uh, we lack confidence in these predictions. We just don't trust them. We trust human experts more, even if the human experts are wrong. So it, it introduces what we need to do, is, which is to find a way to get people to trust. And in order to do that, we need to find out why people are so reluctant to trust. And that, that brings us into most of the reading. In paragraph B, it gives us a lovely example of this. Um, it's about a technology co company that um, used AI to um, predict cancer. And although it was very accurate, the doctors that used it didn't want to um, trust it because if, if it was correct, then they thought, well, what's the point? I knew that anyway. And if it was wrong, then they just couldn't there wasn't enough information to tell them why it was wrong, so they didn't trust it. Um, so, so that's a nice, and this caused more suspicion and and disbelief, um, leading many doctors to ig ignore the recommendations and and stick to their own expertise. So that was paragraph B. In paragraph C, it says this was just one example um, of this lack of trust and. It goes into this topic of trust that we need this psychological feeling of safety that we get from humans, but not from machines, because machines are still quite new and unfamiliar to most people. Um, if we don't understand it, then we feel like we're losing control. You know, lots of people who hate computers and tech would rather just do it themselves than get a computer to do it. They feel that loss of control. And, and also it mentions how, you know, if something goes wrong, then there's huge publicity about it. You know, it's like when Tesla cars catch fire, you know, most of them don't. But when one does, it's, it's in the media that, you know, that they're not safe, um, that kind of thing. And then paragraph D talks about how people feel about um, AI because they have their own kind of biased opinions. And even if they watch a film, it gives the example, if you watch a sci-fi film, um, they, they, they just stick to what they believe or they go one of two ways. So the optimists become more extreme in favour of AI, and the people who don't like it become even more cautious and careful. So this talks about um, the impact could go both ways, really. It also says that you know those who benefit from it um, will benefit from it, and those who reject it will probably be at a disadvantage in the future. Um, 
so here comes the solution. The solution has to come at some point, and it's in paragraph E. It says, fortunately, we already have some ideas about how to improve trust in AI. And here it talks about if you've got a bit of previous experience, you're more likely to trust them, um, the familiarity thing we talked about. And another solution is to be more transparent, to reveal how it works so that people can see how it works instead of it being a kind of hidden secret thing. Um, so what are the consequences going to be? In final paragraph, um, that if we trust AI more, it will help AI to learn more and then it's more likely to be useful in the future. I think that's it. Yes, if people are given a degree of responsibility for how AI systems are implemented, they will be more willing to accept AI into their lives. They'll be more likely to use it if they have the freedom to slightly modify it. That's interesting. So that's the overview of the whole reading. Let's have a look at the list of headings. So heading number one is an increasing divergence of attitudes towards AI, an increasing divergence. So the word increasing kind of suggests that it's going to come mm, somewhere in the middle of the text because it's saying that something is is changing and that is exactly it um it's in paragraph d the one about watching the sci-fi films and it says um simply watching a cinematic vision of our technological future polarized the participants attitudes polarized means you know, the North Pole, the South Pole, their opposite ends. And it made them more opposite. So this thing about the optimists became more extreme. The skeptics became more guarded. That is divergence, meaning going in, in, in opposite directions or, or separate ways. So that's paragraph D. Heading number two is reasons why we have more faith in human judgment than in AI. So this is the list of reasons and this is what you're looking for. Now, when I was reading this text, I was in paragraph C and it's a very long paragraph. It's split into two parts and I thought, what is the point of this paragraph? It's just going on and on about and, and another thing, and another thing, and another thing. And it, it just lists, really, why people don't trust AI. It, it says people feel psychologically safe with humans, whereas AI is new and unfamiliar. Um, even if they understand, even if technically they understand how it works, then it's still too difficult for most people to understand the decision-making process. Um, if we interact with things we don't understand, we feel out of control and anxious. Um, it just keeps going on also. And another thing, it says many people are also not familiar with it because it happens in the background. They see where AI goes wrong. 
the media gives this too much attention. And finally, machine learning is not foolproof. So there's a list of about six or seven reasons why people don't trust it. Or not why people don't trust it, but why they prefer human judgment. And that comes right at the start of paragraph C. Um, trust in other people is based on uh, our understanding of how others think. This helps create a psychological feeling of safety. Now, number three, I think you're going to find this one easy. It's the superiority of AI projections over those made by humans. So we're looking for where they talk about projections, and that's all in paragraph A. Many decisions in our lives require a good forecast. Forecast is a synonym for projection. AI is almost always better at forecasting than we are. And there's the comparison. We were looking for a comparison. Superiority, superiority of AI over humans. AI is better at forecasting than we are. That's paragraph A. Um, in four, uh, heading four, heading four is not used. It says the process by which AI can help us make good decisions. Well, it doesn't say anything about helping us make good decisions. Now, question five, the advantages of involving users in AI processes, involving when we looked at the consequences, that was paragraph F, the first line starts, research suggests that allowing people some control over AI decision making could also improve trust. That's the first line and that sums it up. Um, it gives an example. One study showed that when more people were allowed the freedom to modify an algorithm, they felt more satisfied with its decisions, more likely to believe it was superior and more likely to use it in the future. So that's uh, um, when they are involved in that process. Um, now, so, so five, the answer was F. Six, widespread distrust of an AI innovation. So we're looking for a paragraph which gives an example of an AI innovation and the distrust related to that. So this is paragraph B. And it starts, take the case of Watson for oncology, one of technology giant IBM's supercomputer programs, Watson for Oncology. So this is the innovation that they're mentioning. Their attempt to promote this program to cancer doctors was a PR disaster and so on. We, we went through that, um, how doctors didn't trust it. They trusted their own opinions and, and, and that is paragraph B. Consequently, this has caused even more suspicion and disbelief. So that's the widespread 
distrust, distrust synonym for suspicion, leading many doctors to ignore the recommendations. Final heading to match, encouraging openness about how AI functions. So that word openness we had in paragraph E, uh, the ideas about how to improve trust. And this was where they said another solution may be to reveal more. That's it, simply that. Reveal more about the algorithms. Um, several social media companies and online marketplaces already release transparency reports. And if you know Facebook at all, you can always check on anybody's Facebook group whether they're using advertising. It's very interesting to see how much people spend on their Facebook advertising. They have to, by law, be transparent about that. Um, so that is it. The last one is not used, a surprisingly successful AI application, because they do not mention a success, a surprisingly successful one anyway. So those are the headings. I do want to come back to look at some of the language that's really important, but I think I'm going to move on, first of all, to the multiple choice. So the first question, and this is nice because they just tell you, look, just look at section A and section C. So you don't need to look anywhere else. In question 33, it says, what is the writer doing in section A? Ah, this is it. Okay. In, right, section A. Remember we talked about the problem solution type structure. Well, here are the four choices. A, providing a solution to a concern. Well, no, you usually don't get the solution in the introduction. B, justifying an opinion. Mm, there's no real opinion there and they don't try to justify it, so no. C, highlighting the existence of a problem. That's it, of course. Introduction highlights a problem. Problem is... People don't trust AI. And last one, D, explaining the reasons for a phenomenon. Well, it, it does kind of explain, does it? it? No, it doesn't. It just explains why AI is good and why we should trust it. So it's not reasons for a phenomenon. In fact, those words are quite vague. Um, whereas C, highlighting the existence of a problem, is, is very clear because we've got the yet uh, highlighting a negative. And then it says the problem is we people don't trust it and we need to find a solution. So that's pretty simple. 33 is C. Now, 34 says, according to section C, why might some people be reluctant to accept AI? Reluctant. So section C was the long list of reasons, but there are two questions. So you only need to look at the first half of section C. 
and it says a they are afraid it will replace humans in decision making jobs well no mention of that b its complexity makes them feel they are at a disadvantage now have to admit i had to double check the answers for this because remember in paragraph d it says that a large group of people will be at a serious disadvantage so i thought it was a trick to be honest but let's look at the other ones first c they would rather wait for the technology to be tested over a period of time there's no mention of what they would rather do it, well apart from they would rather trust humans um it doesn't say they would rather wait doesn't say that so last choice is d misunderstandings about how it works make it seem more challenging than it is now this is a real trick i think um this says that it's actually more difficult than it actually is but the article doesn't say that the article says that the decision making process is usually too difficult for most people to comprehend so it it doesn't say that it's simpler than it looks it's saying it's difficult and because of this people feel anxious and feel like they're losing control so it's all about how they feel and that means it's part it's the answer is b its complexity makes them feel that they are at a disadvantage losing control i think that's a tricky one 34 i'm not going to try and justify it it's tricky 35 is okay what does the writer say about the media in section c so if you go to the second paragraph of section c and look for what it says about the media it says embarrassing ai failures receive a disproportionate amount of media attention a disproportionate amount disproportionate is negative like unfair um emphasizing the message that we cannot rely on technology that's what the media does so a it leads to the it leads the public to be mistrustful of ai and and that's the answer it makes us think that it's not reliable um b it devotes an excessive amount of attention no it doesn't say that it says a, it it the failures receive a disproportionate amount not ai in itself its reports this is c its reports of incidents involving ai are often inaccurate again very close but it doesn't say that the reports are inaccurate it says that it gives too much attention to the things that do go wrong it doesn't say that they 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 give false information and d it gives the impression that ai failures are due to designer error well you can discount that designer error is not mentioned it does say 
machine learning is not foolproof in part because the humans who design it aren't foolproof. So I think that's probably the trick question. It, it doesn't say that the designers, the failures are due to designer error. Well, it doesn't say that the media says this. This is the author saying this. So this is where you have to be very careful about who's saying what. Is it the author saying that the designers aren't always right or or is it the media? And the question was about the media. So I can see how that gets a bit tricky. Okay, let's move on to the yes, no, not given questions now. There are five yes, no, not given questions. And whenever I see five, I think, okay, there will be two yes, two no, and one not given. It's not always true, but that's what we've got here. Question 36. Subjective depictions of AI in sci-fi films make people change their opinions about automation. Now, let's go back to paragraph D, where it talks about sci-fi films. There's a lot to unpack here. Subjective. We've, we've talked about that word um, in my blog about writing feedback terms. I encourage you in task two to be objective, to think about issues from an objective point of view, meaning from a neutral point of view and not from your own personal subjective point of view. If you're subjective, then you are likely to be biased. You'll, you'll think you'll see the world only through your experience and not objectively. So those words subjective and biased are words that I use a lot um, in my writing task two feedback. And what it says in the text is, this suggests people use relevant evidence about AI in a biased manner to support their existing attitudes. How to explain this one? Sorry, I think this is a really difficult one because it's talking about the sci-fi films and people's own reaction to the sci-fi films. So fundamentally, this question says that if you have a subjective reaction to the sci-fi films, then you will change your opinion about automation. But what it says here is that if you are biased, you will use what you see to support your existing attitude. So you won't change your opinion. Um, it's like, I'm, I'm thinking about Brexit. I don't know. It, you know Brexit, the disaster of Brexit. And if you if you think Brexit was good, you'll only see 
good things and use good examples and that will confirm that you're right and it says it says here it's a deep rooted human tendency known as confirmation bias we're all guilty of it when i see all the negative things about brexit i use this evidence to prove that my opinion was right so this question 36 is asking does it make people change their opinions and the the simple answer is no people who have subjective ideas they tend to just stay the same they confirm their bias when they watch these sci-fi films they think oh you see you can see how negative it is i told you it was negative and the film confirms it so they don't change their opinions that's a tricky one. Oh god that's awful sorry but 37 is easier portrayals of ai in media and entertainment are likely to become more positive now you can spot this answer a mile off portrayals of ai in the media are likely to become more positive well a they didn't mention what's going to happen in media and entertainment. B, they certainly did not say um, that this is going to be more positive. It, it says, as AI is represented more and more in media entertainment, it could lead to a society split between those who benefit from AI and those who reject it. So, it just says that the more you get to know about it, the more of a split there will be. It doesn't say that the image will become more positive. So it's simply not given. 38. Rejection of the possibilities of AI may have a negative effect on many people's lives. We've had a no. We've had a not given what do you think the answer is here? Rejection of AI may have a negative effect on many people's lives. Well, we saw that. It's still paragraph D. More people refusing to accept the advantages could place a large group of people at a serious disadvantage. So the synonym, a negative effect, a serious disadvantage. Um, remember, your if it's if it's yes, then it means that the there will be synonyms for this in the text. So that negative effect is disadvantage. Refusing to accept the synonym is rejection of the possibilities. Possibilities, synonym, advantages. It's almost like a word-for-word -word paraphrase of that question. So the answer is yes. Now, 39, I'm wondering if you could guess it. Familiarity with AI has very little, oh, very little, that comes up so often. I've got another, I've got a list of them. Familiarity with AI has very little impact on people's attitudes to the technology. Well, what do you think? 
If you're more familiar with it, is that going to change your attitude? Of course it is. And we saw that. It's in paragraph E. It says, fortunately, we already have some ideas about how to improve trust in AI. It's the solution paragraph. Simply having previous experience with AI can significantly improve people's opinions about the technology. Evidence suggests the more you use other technologies, such as the internet, the more you trust them. It's kind of obvious, isn't it? But that word familiarity, I think, is difficult. And the trick, very little. Very little means not much. It's, it's negative. So, what do you think? Does familiarity with AI have just very little impact? No, it has a big impact. So it's the opposite of very little. Um, it can significantly improve people's opinions. Significant improve is the opposite of very little impact. So 39 is no. Finally, 40 AI applications which users are able to modify are more likely to gain consumer approval. It's a kind of positive, it's very careful, it's got more likely, and this is exactly what it said in paragraph F. Uh, it says, research suggests that allowing people some control could improve trust and enable it, blah, blah, blah. Okay, more likely to believe it, was superior, feel more satisfied. So all those things are positive. So the answer for 40 is yes, more likely to gain consumer approval if they can modify them. If people, there is even an if in the last line, if people are given a degree of responsibility for how the inner workings of AI systems are implemented, they will be more willing to accept AI into their lives. So more likely to gain consumer approval. Okay, sorry, that was a long one, but I've still, if you're still with me and haven't fallen asleep, there's a few things I think are really important from a language point of view. First of all, if we look at that last line, more likely to. Now, if you've done my writing course, you'll know I talk a lot about hedging. And I'm, I'm underlining this in paragraph F. More likely to believe it, more likely to use it, more willing to accept it. This is hedging. Now, I had a comment in my hedging uh, blog yesterday and thank you for your comment and it's a really valid one um that if you use hedging then it sounds like you're not sure of your opinions and therefore the examiner will think that you don't really have a strong opinion because you don't look very sure about it it's kind of completely the opposite in academic um writing you can't make predictions without evidence. You can't simply say, oh, if people use it, they'll 
they'll like it more. You you can't do that without evidence. You can't say that everybody in the whole world will suddenly like AI. It's it's just not considered academic. So that's the whole point of hedging. It's it's showing awareness that you can't be black and white about these issues. You can't say everybody will or everybody won't. You have to be careful and cautious. And this is where the language of hedging helps. Um, you can't say that everybody will fall in love and accept AI, but it says people will be more willing to. Willing to, I've got a blog on that. It doesn't mean they want to, but they are more prepared or ready to accept it. It's careful language and is very important in your task too. The other language points, um, because it affects your writing, again in paragraph F, if you've seen my YouTube video and lesson about advantages and disadvantages, you'll see that I've got a list of lovely vocabulary that makes um, you talk about the, the, the effects in a very precise way. So what I mean is in this paragraph F, it says decision-making could also improve trust, improve trust. It's a collocation and in, enable AI to learn. So those are two verbs talking about a positive impact. It can improve trust and enable AI to learn. And, and you, you often see that in a solution paragraph and you can use it in yours, in those kind of problems and solution uh, type essays. Um, the other thing is the 39, the very little impact. I'll come back to that. I'm going to write a blog about that because I've got a list of them now. And what was the other thing? What was the other thing? Um, oh, in paragraph B, you've got um, accounted for. So accounted for 80% of the world's cases. So this is the AI program promised to deliver recommendations on the treatment of 12 cancers that accounted for 80% of the world's cancer cases. So accounted for is great to use with percentages. And we've got um, the CRAM method um, comprises, consists of, represents, um, accounts for, and makes up, or the MARC method, whichever you prefer, um, helps you remember those kind of words for describing graph, graphs. Um, what else? What else? What else? I have underlined a few things, but I can't remember why I underlined them. Oh, definitely the biased in paragraph D. It's a word I use for the writing feedback. So biased is the adjective. And it also talks about the tendency known as confirmation bias. Um Okay, I think I'm going to stop there. Yes, I'll stop there. Thank you very much for listening. We are in week three. 
of no we've just finished week three of the speaking boot camp and next month I've had a request to do a reading boot camp so that is the plan starting on September the 1st um let me know if you'd like a bit more information about the reading boot camp I already have a 28-day reading course in the Members Academy, so we're going to try to make it uh, a little bit more goal-oriented. So you're going to have one reading to complete each day and a forum where you put your questions, where we look at the problems, why you chose that, and you'll have one to do every day. So it's quite a challenge. Um, but I think it will make a big difference because whenever you do small things every day, it, it makes a huge difference. Consistent daily actions. Okay. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope to see you soon. If you have any requests, let me know. Bye-bye.